Gimme Shelter is supported by the James Irvine Foundation, committed to a California where all low-income workers have the power to advance economically. Hi there, Gimme Shelter listeners. This is Liam Dillon with the LA Times. We have a special treat to share with you today. We'll be posting the first episode of a new podcast called City of Tents, Veterans Row by KCRW homeless reporter Anna Scott. Anna spent a long time following the story of one of the most prominent encampments in Los Angeles, a tent city created by military veterans in Brentwood, one of LA's fanciest neighborhoods. In this episode, Anna explores how the camp came to be in the spring of 2020, right at the start of the COVID-19 pandemic here, and how it was tied to broken promises for new housing that the Department of Veterans Affairs made. This episode and the next two in the series are available now, wherever you find your favorite podcasts, so we hope you enjoy City of Tents. And don't worry, Manuela and I will be back with a new episode of our own in just one fortnight from now. I started getting the calls and text messages in the spring of 2020. I'm a public radio reporter who covers homelessness in L.A., and people wanted to know, what the hell is up with that big homeless encampment in Brentwood? The one with the flags. Brentwood is a fancy neighborhood. It's in between Beverly Hills and Santa Monica. And this camp was a single row of tents along a sidewalk the length of two football fields. It was ginormous, about 40 tents in all, all matching. Each tent was tall enough to stand in and about as long as a car. And each one had a big American flag pinned flat to the front. Right across the street from upscale condo buildings and an Italian restaurant with $25 plates of pasta, you could not drive by this row of tents without wondering what the heck was happening there. So I went to find out. And boy, did I find out. I ended up following the entire life of this encampment over a year and a half. I watched the camp become a spectacle, a place that turned the typical politics around homelessness upside down. Over time, the camp would come to engulf the entire neighborhood around it in conflict. Two people would lose their lives violently before it all came to an end. I've been covering LA's homelessness crisis for seven years. You might think reporting on it would make me desensitized to it. It's actually the opposite. The more I cover this subject, the more I can't believe we live like this in cities like Los Angeles, just stepping over people and accepting homelessness as part of the landscape. And this story, more than any other, made me see that it doesn't have to be this way. We could actually solve homelessness in America if we really wanted to. But also, I saw firsthand why it's so hard to do. I'm Anna Scott. This is City of Tents, Veterans Row. Episode one, welcome to the neighborhood. I'd say it's about 10 by 14. Um, I've managed to patch it up enough to keep it going. John Raposa is giving me a tour of his tent at that camp with all the American flags on San Vicente Boulevard. He's made it cozy in here with a bed and a desk and soft lighting. Christmas lights kind of uh, Yeah, I drape Christmas lights, lights around. Yeah, string yeah. lights draped around, and that'll give me a general lighting. 
um, as opposed to me, one single white source. But, uh, you know, as I'm also a film school grad, and, um, really? yeah, I went to Emerson College in Boston, oh. and um, so lighting is, you know, something that, you know, you learn to do, I guess, right. as a filmmaker. Where's your electricity coming from? It comes from a generator outside my tent. Inside that wooden box out here, there's a generator in there. Yeah, I'm fully, I have full electricity, you know. John never planned on living in a tent, but also... I'd feel really, really lonely right now in an apartment by myself. Yeah, I really would. And I'd be like, yeah, like suicide watch, you know? Really bad. So out here, it's like, I got friends, you know? I, I, I'm, I'm surrounded by people 24-7. Um, we don't always get along, and it's, it's a lot of drama, but it's, yeah, I'm not alone. Almost 50 people live at this camp. And then there are all the visitors, including some I've never seen at any other street camp in L.A. Hi, Justin. These guys will give you a little direction. One morning, I see a guy named Justin standing in front of his tent, facing a small film crew. I ask the director what's going on. We're doing a commercial for Walmart. Oh. Yeah, it's like a documentary project. What's the gist of the commercial? Uh, like the lines in life that prevent people from getting ahead. Yeah, you're doing a commercial for what? For Walmart. Okay. If you're wondering, this is not a typical scene at an L.A. street encampment. But this kind of thing, people visiting, filming, making movies, taking photos, happens here just about every week. And there's a reason. It's actually the same reason the tents all have American flags on them. It's because the people who live here, in those tents, are former members of the United States military. They call this Veterans Row. I was EOD, Explosive Ordnance Disposal. I specialize in WMDs. My MOS is 8404. I'm a combat medic, 1st Battalion, 5th Marines. Joined the Navy, became a corpsman, and um, uh, I was a combat medic. I was in the Air Force. I did two years. I am a veteran of the United States Army, twice war veteran. Army, yes. I, I was trying to be everything that I could be. And all the tents are supposed to be uh, aligned. They're all supposed to have flags on the, on the left-hand side. I'm standing just off the curb in front of the row of tents with Army veteran Dean Lee. He's explaining how the veterans here try to give the camp some semblance of military order. And they're all supposed to look in uniform. They're all supposed to be, you know, dress right dress, as we call it in the military. I ask him what dress right dress means. It means get, your, get, get everything tight, get it lined up, get everything... It means you know. neat. Organized. Just right dress. <laughs> Veterans Row is a whole world with its own lingo and daily routines. And during my early visits, I spend a lot of time simply getting the lay of the land, figuring out things like when people generally get up and about, which is around nine in the morning. Here we have a oh, Dunkin' Donuts. Dolce di leche. Oh. I put in there, and then I put in some organic early bird blend. This is James Snelson making breakfast on a camping stove in front of his tent. I'm doing French toast. My batter for the French toast is just eggs and a little milk, you know. Most of the people living at Veterans Row are men. That's true of homeless veterans in general. There are about 4,000 in L.A. County, and the vast majority are men. And the more time I spend at this camp, 
The more I see that there's one man who seems to be in charge here. My name is Robert Reynolds. I'm a U.S. Army veteran, uh, infantry. I served in Iraq in 2007. I was in the Army from 2006 to 2010. Robert, or Rob as most people call him, is a white guy in his early 30s with salt and pepper hair and several arm tattoos, including one of the symbol for Libra, though he tells me early on he doesn't really believe in astrology, and one of Jesus, who he does believe in. Rob doesn't actually live at this camp. He's not homeless himself. But he's been here pretty much every day since the camp's beginning. He seems to be the guy who the veterans here turn to for things they need. So how many packs do you go through a day between yourself and giving cigarettes away? Uh, <laughs> a lot. They always pay me back, though. That's why I always do it, because they always pay me back. It could be bumming a smoke or help hooking up with social services. I, I, I appreciate what you're doing for me. Yeah. And so I'm going to kick in to help around here also. All you got to do is just help help keep it clean like you're doing, like in front of your tent. That's all I need you guys to do is just keep, yeah, it, yeah. keep it cool right. and clean. So, yeah. So, or just an empathetic ear. Mostly, like, even when guys get upset, if you just, like, if you just take time to listen to them and let them get it all off their chest, then they, like, calm down. At first, I assumed Rob must be working for some organization. But he's not with any homelessness nonprofit or government agency. He's not a social worker. He says he volunteers his time at Veterans Row because he knows what the people here are going through. When I ask him to be more specific, he sounds polite, but a little pained. If you don't mind me asking. No, no, it's fine. Um, I had, uh, you know, PTSD and I had some substance issues as far as I'll go into it. Um, and that was really just untreated PTSD. Uh, I'd never been to therapy before, um, so that did lead to some self-medicating. And it just goes to show that a lot of people do show up here. You know, if they get the right counseling and treatment, and I can attest to this myself, you get the right counseling and treatment, understand how to deal with PTSD and your issues, that you can get better and you can go back to your normal life. It's, it's worked out for me great, and that's why I come out here and try to work with these guys, because I want the same thing for them. If it sounds like he's answered these questions before and has his answers down pat, it's because he has. By the summer of 2020, there have been a few news stories about Veterans Row, with Rob as the camp's main spokesperson. I suspect there might be a lot more to what he's doing here and why, but I'm not going to learn everything right away. Regardless, those news stories have brought more attention to Veterans Row, from reporters like me, from do-gooders and wannabe do-gooders and, well, all kinds of people, including some who live nearby. I had read an article that Rob had been interviewed for in LA Magazine. Tara Brennan lives in the Brentwood area. She's a tall, blonde mother of three who says she's had a career as a food industry executive. And inspired by an article about Veterans Row, she throws barbecues at the camp three nights a week. She has a portable grill and a folding table filled with food set up in between some tents. So we got the Weber grill and, um, you know, I've got my table. It's fired up. Taco Tuesday is a hit always. I use really beautiful ground sirloin. Tara says she also paid for a few porta potties and a trash dumpster that are standing at one end of Veterans Row. Very quickly, I went from treating this as something I do on weekends to show my children we are to be grateful to it being something that I'm focused on many hours of the week. And I feel like this is a gift from God, that this is something I can, I can help so much, so close. She also documents her helping on Instagram 
where she has more than 80,000 followers. And Tara is just one of several people who post pictures and videos of Veterans Row on social media. Hashtag Veterans Row. Hashtag homelessness. The more people do this, the more people show up. During Memorial Day weekend 2021, a big crowd shows up. They bring food and clothes, and they set up tables, speakers, and park a line of flashy cars in front of the long row of tents. It's half party, half car show. My name's Derek Gates, like Bill Gates, less money. Derek is a big, tall guy who looks like a biker. You know, the reason I want to be involved is because uh, I love our veterans. But that's not the only reason. He's also running for Congress. And this is just absolutely ridiculous that we continue to send money to other countries uh, for just senseless reasons. Why, why this is happening right here in our own city, in our own country. And uh, it's just sad to see people that sacrificed their lives living like this. Derek is running as a Republican in a district that includes this area. He's broadcasting parts of today's event on YouTube. He's here with another candidate who's running to replace Gavin Newsom in the California governor recall. Navy veteran John Raposa tells me he hears Derek's line of talk about how American veterans are suffering while the U.S. spends resources on non-Americans a lot here. He says sometimes it goes further, though, in a way that bothers him. More than once, he says, someone has rolled up, cell phone camera out, and started asking out of the blue how the veterans feel knowing that undocumented immigrants are receiving help while they, American ex-service members, live here. People come with agendas. Usually it's racist with it. It's like, well, you don't see them on the Canadian border complaining about Canadians coming down into America and doing things. No, it's on the Mexican border where the dark people come across. Yeah, that's what it gets down to. I see it that way anyway. The veterans who live on Veterans Row are a mixed bag when it comes to their own politics. Some lean right, some, like John, more left. But by and large, I come to learn, most agree they don't want the encampment to become a partisan place. During the political rally slash car show, a man who's here to support the political candidates asks John if he needs clothes. Hey, you got a jacket? Need a jacket? No, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. Can I pray some blessings into you? Sure. All right. right. So, so God, I just thank for John's heart right now. Is there anything particular you need prayer for? Any aches or pains? John tells the guy that his foot hurts. Your foot? So the man kneels down over the injured foot and says a long prayer. When he's done, he asks John if the foot feels better. And John says, yeah, it's looser. Better. better? How, out of a one in ten, what would it be? Let's go, CJ, let's go. It, it feels about maybe, I'd say maybe 5% less. Less? Okay. Tight, tight. Okay, so let like, me break that off. It, no, no, I need to have surgery. I have to have that toe. That's okay, but hey, God wants to heal you, too. He's but, a surgeon, I, what, too, right? What I want to do is I want the man to wants to pray over John's foot some more. Angels can heal that, right? So it's feeling better? So let's go for it. Let's uh, let God heal that. Okay. But John seems to have had enough and tries to tell him what I really need is surgery. It's one small example of something that happens quite a bit at Veterans Row. People drawn here to help, but all with their own ideas about what that means, sometimes disconnected from what the veterans themselves want or need. It happens in big ways and tiny ways, like with this foot thing, or the time someone left a pile of raw onions on the food donation table and a book about feng shui. 
Veterans Row, with its barbecues and parties and political rallies, is fun. But also, there's something deeply wrong here. It's not an exaggeration to say homelessness is deadly. So for all the activity around this camp, I want to know who is actually helping the veterans get off the street. And people in Brentwood want to know, when is this whole encampment going to get off the street? The Brentwood vibe is almost small town, though don't let it fool you. Brentwood is this super affluent, very ritzy part of Los Angeles. Like the first couple weeks I saw Michael Keaton. I saw like like three celebrities at these coffee shops and I was like, for a month I was in shock. John Philipco moved to Brentwood to work as a live-in apartment building manager. And at first he couldn't believe it. This is a neighborhood where Arnold Schwarzenegger, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Vice President Kamala Harris have owned homes, to name a few. How lucky to get to manage a building here. And then, a couple years ago, there was some homelessness, okay. Then I just happened to live right by the encampment, and it sucked. After the COVID-19 pandemic took hold, John saw the huge row of tents with matching flags spring up on the sidewalk directly across the street from his building. It freaked him out. Like, it was scary, and my friends wouldn't come, and I had, like, these issues where I was like, I wanted to move. I almost asked my bosses if I could change buildings. He says besides the disturbing visual of a tent city right across from where he lives, he was bothered by noise, and people he assumed were from the encampment loitering around his building. Other neighbors were upset, too. Complaints about Veterans Row became a discussion on Brentwood's next door, which is how it came to the attention of someone in a position to do something about it. My name is Michelle Bisnoff, and I'm the chair of the Brentwood Community Council. We're speaking over coffee at the Brentwood Country Mart, a rustic, chic outdoor shopping center designed to look like a big red barn. By the time you're hearing this, Michelle no longer chairs the community council, but did for a long time. I've been involved with the council for about 10 years, and I've lived in Brentwood for going on 15 years. The Brentwood Community Council is a nonprofit dedicated to making Brentwood a better place for its housed residents and business community. Michelle doesn't get paid to run it. She has a history of civic involvement. And she's a true Brentwood booster. Like, she's quick to shoot down the stereotype of Brentwood as a rich, white, spoiled community. So we have a, a highly diverse community. The fastest growing demographic in our community are young Asian families that are moving in. The neighborhood is still majority white, but point taken, go on. We raised more money um, in the 2020 election than I believe any other neighborhood in California for progressive causes. So it would be unwise for someone to say, well, they're having problems with homeless people in an encampment. It must be because they're, you know, entitled people. And Michelle doesn't think the people who barbecue or hand out clothes at Veterans Row are helping at all. And she says neither is Rob, the Army veteran who volunteers nearly all his time at the camp. The folks who are helping the encampment really do believe that they're doing the right thing. But all we've seen is that they've grown the encampment and it has become more unmanageable and, and more dirty and more problematic and more subject to crime. The problems she's talking about include things like trash pileups, late night music and sometimes loud fights. 
not to mention making an entire long sidewalk impassable for pedestrians. What they ended up doing was creating a big problem or a bigger problem that the rest of the community kind of had to deal with. Michelle and Rob first came into contact with each other on Nextdoor and started a back and forth that eventually spilled into emails, arguing about the encampment and why the veterans were there and Rob's role at the camp. I want to say right here, if this story were told entirely through emails, there would be few, if any, sympathetic characters. She would just annoy me and she would say things that annoyed me. And so then I would say things to annoy her back. Such as telling Michelle at one point that he would bus all the homeless veterans in LA to Veterans Row. So that was pretty much, um, <laughs> that was how it worked. Michelle says that while Rob thinks he's a helper, he's more of an enabler. You know, maybe if the encampment wasn't quite so comfortable in the sense of people constantly bringing meals to the encampment and providing other services, dropping off all their furniture to be put inside the, the tents. So why would someone in that position give up their issues, whether it's drug abuse or, or alcohol abuse, and volunteer to go into rehab and volunteer for programs when things are pretty okay on the sidewalk? Um, Brent was Michelle is making an argument you hear a lot here in Los Angeles that if the city and its residents make it more difficult to live on the streets, fewer people would. And we will spend a lot of time in this series figuring out the reasons veterans stay at Veterans Row and whether or not this argument is true. For now, there's a very specific reason this question is so top of mind for Michelle and other people around LA. It's because when the pandemic hit, the CDC advised cities and counties to let unhoused people shelter in place. If they were in tents, for example, to let them remain there and not force them to take the tents down, unless they could go into individual shelter. Los Angeles wouldn't even have enough group shelters if every unhoused person in the county wanted to go inside tomorrow. And so street camps grew a lot during that first year of COVID. But then on a cold night in March, 2021, that hands-off policy for LA homeless camps came to an end. In a way that would eventually reach Veterans Row, though it started across town from Brentwood. It's about 10 at night. I'm roughly 16 miles east of Veterans Row, near downtown LA, at Echo Park Lake, a popular spot with paddle boats, a playground, and a walking path around the water. And where, in the years since the pandemic began, unhoused people have built an elaborate camp with about 200 tents. And right now, hundreds of LAPD officers are facing off with hundreds of protesters who are here because the city has announced that tomorrow it plans to clear the encampment and close the park for repairs. It's the first major sweep of a homeless camp since the pandemic started. I don't understand why the police would want to come here and mess with us. It's Zach Coughlin lives here in a tent with his wife, Carissa. He says outreach workers have been out here in the weeks leading up to today, and a lot of the tents are empty as people have moved into shelters or hotel rooms or just gone to camp somewhere else. But Zach wants to stay in this neighborhood. He doesn't want the camp broken up. It's a good community. We don't hurt anyone. We keep it clean. So, I, I mean, this all to us is crazy. Like, like, in all honesty, we just want to go to sleep. We just really want to go to bed. And, like, they, they're coming here and saying, if you go to bed, we're going to arrest you. 
24 hours later, city workers had fully cleared the park. The next time I return to Echo Park Lake, it's reopened with a new chain link fence around it. All the tents are gone, and some people are really happy about it, like Connie Ballard, who lives in a building across the street. They did an excellent job in the way that they handled it, and they dealt with the issue. She says she empathizes with unhoused people, but felt like the park had gotten out of control. They restored it for families and others who just want to enjoy the park and not be uh, subjected to the elements that goes with the homeless issue. And I know it's an issue, but um, there are other ways to handle that, and this was not the answer to let them completely destroy the park. Who can be in public space and who can't? That's what it's about right now. You know, segregation, that's what it's about, right? This is a longtime homelessness activist known as General Dogon. He's at the reopening, too. We're sitting at a picnic table. To him, the clearing of Echo Park was about erasing one class of people for the comfort of another, without really solving L.A.'s shortages of both affordable housing and temporary shelter. People have nowhere to go. This type of conflict will play out over and over and sometimes feel like it's consuming Los Angeles in the months ahead. And after Echo Park, a lot of people start chattering about which big camp might be broken up next, including at Veterans Row. But unlike the people camped in Echo Park, the veterans at Veterans Row have a place to go, or they're supposed to anyway. See, Veterans Row didn't just form on San Vicente Boulevard in Brentwood by happenstance. The block it's on has a long fence. It runs right behind the row of tents. On the other side of that fence, there's an enormous campus run by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs. In other words, they're camped right outside the place in Los Angeles that's supposed to take care of veterans. It's like the veterans on San Vicente Boulevard made it to the Emerald City and then just stopped outside its gates. How did that happen? That's next time on City of Tents, Veterans Row. City of Tents, Veterans Row is written, reported, and hosted by me, Anna Scott. Our story editor is Audrey Quinn. Executive produced by Sonia Geis. Mixed, scored, and sound designed by Ray Guarna with music provided by Megatracks. Production help and fact-checking by Alexandra Applegate. Special thanks to Lou Olkowski, Ryan Kyloff, Madeline Brand, Dan Taberski, Nick Stanton, Chase Millsap, Hayes Davenport, Asa Merritt, and Sarah Sweeney.